Welcome to Midwifery Boards Over Tea. I'm Hannah. I'm Anna. And I'm Madison. And we're nurse midwifery students at Vanderbilt University. Today we're going to be talking about postpartum contraceptive options. There are a number of options available to patients who have given birth, so we're only going to focus on a few today in this episode. IUDs, OCPs, combined oral hormonal methods, and tubal ligation for those folks who are sure they don't want to have any more pregnancies. So why is this important? A couple reasons. As we know, clients might be unaware of ovulation prior to resumption of regular cycles. In other words, they might be ovulating and not bleeding. Also, it's important that there's a space of 18 to 24 months between pregnancies because it leads to better mom and baby outcomes. First, we're going to talk about IUDs. Both the hormonal and copper IUD can be safely placed postpartum, but postplacental placement is contraindicated in women with chorioamnionitis, endometritis, or active postpartum hemorrhage. As we know, both the copper IUD and hormonal IUDs are very effective contraceptive methods, with about 0.8% and 0.5% failure rates, respectively. We do hear concerns about the risk of expulsion in postpartum IUD placement, but according to ACOG, this only happens in about 5% of postpartum users over the first year of use. Also, perforation is very unlikely, with about 2.2 instances per 1,000 insertions, and that risk is not increased by placement immediately postpartum versus what it would be six months postpartum. Serious complications from using an IUD, such as infection or injury, are also extremely rare. ACOG recommends a two to three week postpartum follow-up visit when you can check position and placement. At that time, it's also really important to talk to patients about checking their strings frequently once they've resumed intercourse and to return to the office or use a barrier method if they have concerns about expulsion or displacement of the IUD. So I'm going to talk a little about the combined hormonal methods. And as a reminder, these are the vaginal ring, transdermal patch, and COCs. It's important to remember that with breastfeeding, there is evidence that these three methods could lower the milk supply and duration of breastfeeding, but these studies have shown no adverse effects for the infant. Another important note is that these methods are contraindicated in the first 21 days postpartum due to clot risk. So when should you restart a combined method? Days 21 to 42, the risks usually outweigh the benefits, but after day 42, the benefits usually outweigh the risks. So they're usually okay after the baby is about a month and a half. One special consideration is with gestational hypertension, you want to make sure the blood pressure has returned to baseline before restarting. Also, as a reminder, the failure rate for combined methods is 9% with typical use. As far as the progesterone-only methods, which are the mini pill and the depot injection, these are safe with breastfeeding. They may decrease the milk supply, so counsel patients to wait until their milk supply has come in before restarting. Progesterone does reach the infant through breast milk, but there's no evidence of harm from this exposure. The failure rates for POPs is 9%. So when do you restart the progesterone-only methods? Well, there's some controversy here between different sources. The FDA and other sources say to wait six weeks postpartum if fully breastfeeding, but the World Health Organization says it's okay to start immediately postpartum because studies have shown no adverse effects. So next we're going to talk about tubal ligation. Tubal ligation is actually the most common method of contraception among married couples in the U.S., and failure rates are about 0.5% during the first year of use. Women should use another method of contraception, like a barrier method, for three months after a tubal is completed. Tubal ligation can be performed during a cesarean section or very soon after a vaginal birth while the woman is still impatient. 
The procedure involves a laparoscopic approach with a small scar near the umbilicus. During ligation, sections of the fallopian tubes can be removed, cut, or tied, occluded with bands or metal clips, or sealed off with an electrical current. Risks of the tubal procedure include adverse reactions to anesthesia, infection, pain during the postpartum period, and a small but kind of significant portion of women do experience regret after a tubal. Because of that counseling-wise, it's very important to make sure a woman and her partner are very sure of this decision before they proceed. Notably, tubal ligation can sometimes be reversed with success depending on the type and location of the procedure. Reversibility is not guaranteed, so it is wise to consult with a surgeon who performed the procedure and glance at operative records when discussing this option with a client and her partner. All right, guys, so we're going to summarize what we talked about today. We focused on IUDs, COCs, POPs, and tubal ligation. With IUDs, copper and hormonal IUDs are both safe to place immediately postpartum in most women and do not interfere with breastfeeding. They're both highly effective methods of birth control. Overall, IUDs have a 5% expulsion rate over the first year postpartum, and injuries, infections, and perforations are very rare. For COCs, it's important to remember to be careful with breastfeeding, and it's safest to wait until 42 days postpartum. For POPs or the mini pill, they're okay with breastfeeding, but they may decrease the milk supply, so wait until after the milk has come in, and educate your patients to take them at the same time every day. Tubal ligation can be done during a C-section or immediately postpartum after a spontaneous vaginal delivery. Tubal ligation is considered permanent contraception with a 0.5% failure rate. We can reverse the tubal ligation sometimes, but it's ideal for families who consider themselves complete. Every method of postpartum contraception has different guidelines for use. But if you're in a pinch and needing to counsel a patient using generalizations, you can refer to the rule of threes. For moms who are fully breastfeeding, it's typically safe to begin using a contraceptive method in the third month postpartum. For moms who are partially breastfeeding or not breastfeeding, it's often okay to begin using a contraceptive method in the third postpartum week. You can check out the resources that we used to make this episode on our show notes and find links to our other great podcast episodes on Anchor. Also, we hope this is common sense, but the content in this podcast should not be used in lieu of speaking with a healthcare provider and should not be substituted for medical or nursing advice. Thanks so much for tuning in. For more information, you can head over to our Instagram page at mb underscore over t. If you have any questions, concerns, or corrections to this episode, please don't hesitate to reach out. We look forward to hearing from you.